This show is brought to you by JList.com. On JList.com right now, you can get snack boxes. They have a variety of snack boxes, including a Christmas-themed box at JList.com forward slash box. You can eat all the fun Japanese snacks and candies from Japan. And for Christmas, you can experience Japan just like a Japanese person if you go to JList.com forward slash box. Get your snack on. What if there was a legit black Goku? Well, why not? Like, he's from Harlem. Maybe he's from Harlem. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe That would be an interesting twist. Would watch 10 out of 10. It's like like a mix of Luke Cage and Dragon Ball. (laughs) We need to make that happen. Who doesn't want that? That sounds so... Anime Addicts Anonymous no live broadcast o kiite itadakimasu. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 347th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. My name is Kazuo, and I'm joined today by two lovely co-hosts. Ooh. Sitting to my left is Chiaki. Hi, everyone. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm alive after last night. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just saw what your teacup says. That's- yes. My teacup says, damn good tea, hashtag obsessed. And you can't see it. Well, you'll see it when I finish, but at the bottom of the inside of the cup, mm-hmm. it says hashtag tea time. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I'm also joined by the producer of said podcast, Mitsuki. How's it going? I want to be a producer with a hit show on iTunes. Oh, yeah. How's everybody doing? Glad to be here. We're going to talk about some anime. We're going to do some fall 2016 anime impressions. We're going to talk about Japan's. You know how what? Japan treats Halloween. You know what, boys? Anime monsters. Boom. It's going to be good. I'm really happy to be here today. I really good. am. I'm glad. That's that's a change from the it norm. Is. <laughs> it is. No, uh, of course, you can find us. I like us, being here constantly. I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> you can find us live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time-ish. 5 o'clock-ish. Ish. Um, <laughs> you can also head over to our website. It's aapodcast.com. From there, you can subscribe to additional content like our Hobby Addicts, Hentai episodes, After Parties, a bunch of fun stuff that we provide to you for super cheap. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking. We're gonna be doing a Hentai episode right after this podcast. We got some good stuff. It's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the naughty things from Japan. Some of the what was the topic that I found? Well, you also had a Hobby Addicts yeah. before I came in today. We, we did. We talked on. Chiaki and I t- uh, experienced PlayStation VR for the first time. Right. And we talked about our experience with it and sort of where we hope it's going to go in the future and what we expect. Yeah. I-, I had mentioned to you VR a while ago when I had tried it, but it's it's a religious experience. It's it something, is. It's something that you have to witness firsthand. And uh, I'm glad you guys finally got around to it. Um, so for today's main... Kazuo's throwing shade. Hasn't even gone over what? the... <laughs> How am I throwing shade? I'm, I'm happy that you guys finally got to see it. Um, so anyways... And, and you know what, Kazuo? You're looking handsome too. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm glad I'm all, you're here today. I'm disheveled. I'm wearing... Yes! Disheveled like, Unite! Oh, shit. 
Double disheveled. <laughs> Double disheveled. I still have like cool. some eye makeup that isn't washing off from last night. Oh man. I thought about I thought about coming in costume today from the okay. Halloween party last night. And what did you dress up as? I dressed up as uh, El Trumpo. It's a Mexican Donald Trump. Oh god. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Do you did have you... like an impression that you do? Do you like? Oh, we're gonna big, li- big league. Big, big league. <laughs> big, league. big league. It's gonna be grande. It's going to be Grande. Grande. <laughs> I'm going to build a wall around myself. We're going to do it Grande. And then I'm going to make gonna, myself pay for it. I'm going to I'm going to build a wall. Oh, man. Make the Americans pay for it. Stop anyway, them from entering not, our country. Let's, let's not go down that there too far. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um so yes, on today's episode as you briefly mentioned, we're going to be doing some impressions. We've got a few shows here, Drifters, Ajin season 2. Um, is this the name of the anime? www.wagnaria? Yeah, basically. That's a strange name. Uh, yeah, also, Occultic yeah, oc- uh, <laughs> Nine, or Occult Nine, whichever, uh, and Trickster. So I think three of those are mine. And the, uh, You're yes, going to be a busy man today. Impressions. Okay. You're in high demand. Of course, we'll also be talking about Halloween as tis the season, uh, and we'll talk a little to bit about... To be Halloween. Okay. Oh, my God. That was not, <laughs> not good. <laughs> But <laughs> bad Chiaki. <laughs> Before we get into that, it's time for this week's Bang I love Vegeta. All right. The fun guy. So this week's Big Bang is the Nintendo Switch. Well, right? it is pretty much the biggest news right now. It is. And we had a, what, 70-minute hobby at Very, Yes. Yeah, about it, where you and I went off on it for a little while. We re- we we revealed all, all of our thoughts, basically. The hosts tell all. In the last the Hobby, Hobby Addicts, Kazu and I went on for about an hour and a half about it, and but I thought we'd talk about it here for just like three or four minutes, because, you know, not sure. everybody listens to Hobby Addicts, so why well, not? I'm glad we have Chiaki here, too, because she wasn't able to sit in on that episode, so I'd like to get her idea. I know you're a pretty big Nintendo fan, obviously, with um, Zelda. I'm spec- actually not. But you're a huge Chucky, Zelda fan. Chucky dressed up huge... as Zelda last night for the Halloween party and that show. I dressed up show. as Link. Whatever, Blink. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> it's the same. You dressed up for, as a character from Zelda. Which is appropriate. Zelda is the girl. So if you say, I dressed we... up as Zelda, oh, that's you said, different. I didn't hear him. Anyway. But anyways, you are a big Zelda fan. I'm a huge Zelda fan. I'm not a huge Nintendo fan. Well, I literally... Okay. No, but, but, but I'm making the distinction... Oh, boy. No, no, no! Like she's already she's already <sighs> stepping back away from Nintendo. Yeah, sorry, pulling Guys, back. Guys, no. But what I'm saying is, is that it's like I bought a Wii way back in the day. I'd never bought a Wii U. I mm-hmm. never really played any other games other than Zelda well, and Pikmin. I mean, don't feel bad. Nobody love, bought a Wii U. I love yeah. Pikmin. I love um, I love Pikmin more than maybe anybody else. But so, like, for example, I don't really play Smash or Mario Party or Mario Kart. Like, I'm not a huge Nintendo person, but I am a huge Zelda person. And so. So what are your thoughts on the Switch from what you've seen <sighs> yeah. so far? Um, Such excite. Such excite. <laughs> Many happy. I, wow. <laughs> okay, well. All well, right, well, thanks, right. Chiaki. From that. I, that was great, great I'm radio picking. from Chiaki. <laughs> I, um, I'm trying. I, no, like, here's the thing. I'm still cautiously excited for it. There are some things that I think is interesting that I can do. I think the whole going from dock to pick up and play and go is, I think that's cool. And I think there are other things 
times that this has been played with, but it's never actually been accomplished. So I'm interested to see how how kind of that goes. As far as the whole like detaching the two sides, I could kind of see them being used as like, I don't know, like a Wiimote or whatever for one person, but the the times when it shows the people flipping them horizontally and playing them like a matchbook size controller. Yeah. Ridiculous. That to me is is a little comical. Yeah. I what, I, what I love is that every time I say, oh my God, these controllers are so little, they're like, it's like the size of a thumb drive. Mm-hmm. The number one response from every person is, that's only if you're doing oh, multiplayer. That's only if you're doing mobile multiplayer. And I'm like, did you not watch the commercial video? That was 80% of the commercial. Yeah. That's obviously what they want you playing. But they did show, in the commercial, they did show a peripheral controller that doesn't break apart. They showed the controller where they slot in, but they did show a peripheral that doesn't break apart, which makes me think that you could have different controllers that are bigger I guess that I'm you just, attach to it. I guess I'm just tired of having to buy a peripheral for every Nintendo game that comes out. I mean, it was like... I completely agree. I mean, we had like the Mario Kart steering wheel. Then there was that gun that you put the Wiimote in. There was like a fishing pole. There's a balance board. There's a... every. It's ridiculous. You get, I mean, you're spending two, three times the price of the console for all the peripherals. If you're going to sell me a system... See, for me, I'm just pissed with the about the Nintendo model of... Our controllers are going to suck, and we're going to sell you a halfway decent one right. third party. It should come <laughs> right? with. It should like, come with the Pro controller for free. Like, it, sh- it just should. Like for example, with the Wii, how you could buy the GameCube controller for it, but adapted like and the classic controller. Uh, it is pretty funny though when you think about it like that. It's like we're going to give you a crappy version <laughs> and then charge you for an actually good version. Yeah. So so here's so here so here's here's a person right here, Fignat in the chat. Full respect to you speaks up and said, "Technically, you didn't need to buy any of that." And I say, "Well, technically I did because I can't play friggin' Mario Kart with the Wiimote." Yeah, you can. It is it is horrific. Well, the oh. wheel is a piece of plastic. Yeah, but right. it's, it was still like $30. Yeah, but but I think the point is is that it doesn't actually give you anything technologically. It, it doesn't, but it but it, but the Wii mode is not the ideal uh, peripheral to be playing a racing game with, right? Sure. So, yeah. if you, sure I can play Mario Kart with the Wii mode, but do I really want to? For me, the the plastic guns and stuff, that wasn't what I was talking about. I was talking about like the classic controller and the GameCube conversion controller mm-hmm. because that to me is like we're going to release something shitty and then charge you for a better controller. But My- I don't I'm I'm curious about it. I want specs. I want people to get their hands on it and I want to hear what they say about how it feels and holds. I want to see exactly how this whole docking thing works. Like I want to I want to see information on all of that, but my biggest thing for it is the price point that it's coming out at. Because I feel well, it's like It's a rumor. It's a rumor right now. Well, yeah, but I mean, so was everything else about it and all the rest of the rumors were 100% accurate. <laughs> frankly, frankly though, from the price point that I've heard thrown a rumored about I need it to be like $100 cheaper than the PS4. Well, so yeah, that's the thing. The rumored price points are two different models, one at 300 US and one at 400. And when you think about that, three and $400, I can go buy an Xbox One or a PS4 for the same price. Yeah, with two games. Yeah, so why am I going to pay the same amount 
for a less quality system, you're really only paying for the Nintendo exclusive titles. Yeah. So, which I and, still probably will. Right. Which have, Zelda. Which oh. have insane value, like yeah. way more value than any other game company's IP for yeah. sure. I mean, a, a, a lot of people will pay for it regardless, but I think the mass market is not. And you're just going to see another situation like with the Wii U. Yeah. You My know. biggest concern about it is that I don't know if they're going to be able to get the kind of third party support people want. Just like it's the same, it's the same story as always, right? Like, the Wii came out, there was very little third party. The Wii U came out, there was even less. And are the companies that are making games for PlayStation and Xbox, like, you know, I think the example I used in the in the Hobby Addicts was, was the, the currently running um, line of Tomb Raider games. Mm-hmm. Are companies that are making these fantastic Tomb Raider games for Xbox, PC, and PlayStation, are they going to want to put the same game on the, on the Nintendo Switch? Is it a- lower graphics, different controllers? I have a thought. Are, is is can is Nintendo cannibalizing themselves? How so? Well, because they're releasing a console that's also basically a handheld. Right. And when you think mm-hmm. about it, the adults who are going to be using this probably aren't going to also buy a 3DS or well, the 3DS whatever. is done. And- yeah, but are they are. Is this going to be their response for a handheld as well? Yeah. Are they only because then I look at it and I think of all the kids and all the parents who are going, I've already bought my kid a two hundred dollar tablet who that does almost everything that the kid wants. I'm not gonna buy them a six hundred dollar system that's probably fragile as all heck compared to a lot of the tablets out there. And so it's not at the price point that they're going to hit that younger market and the older market isn't going to want to buy well, the, a peripheral. Like, I just wonder if they're cannibalizing well, themselves the older market this. already have all already have cell phones and tablets. Well, so I think you're, yeah. already, you, you're no, trying no. to, you're trying to sell something to somebody who already has a way to play games when they're not at home. I don't, I don't think they're necessarily cannibalizing themselves. I think they're combining both of their, you know, they, they have their handheld and their home system. I think they're just saying neither of them are doing well enough, so they're just going to combine them both together and try to minimize, um, you know, what they need to produce and maximize, you know. The, I, the thing that I'm nervous about for Nintendo is the only thing Nintendo has had going for them other than their IP is the DS, the handheld market. Right. And if well, they're... And kind of fallen off a cliff in the past few years. It is, but that's still the strongest aspect right, of their we, company. We got to move on. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> for more, tune into our hobby. Yeah, I mean, we, we could talk about this the whole episode. I have tons of things to say, but Kazuo and I already ran down everything. Bye. In what was ultimately not a very pro Nintendo conversation, but I think a lot of I think a lot of good points were made. Moral of the story, more to come later once we get specs. Oh, yeah, this is a conversation I want to have on an ongoing basis until it comes out. Yeah. And, and then even afterwards. Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. So, for the good this week, Funimation is standing behind a theatrical release of Makoto Shinkai's film, 
Kimi no Nawa, otherwise known as Your Name. It is going to be getting a theater release in the beginning of December at the Los Angeles Leami Music Hall. And it's going to be getting a wider release in 2017. So kind of hoping that that wider release means a nationwide sort of release for it. I think that'd be great. I'd love to see it in theaters. I'm sure it will be mind-blowingly gorgeous. Yeah, that would be something I would go see. The purpose of these theatrical runs is that they want to get it qualified for the Academy Awards. Yay! So, and then of course, Funimation has the rights to it, so they're probably going to put together some Blu-ray DVDs or something later on, I imagine. So yeah, so um, for those of you that haven't seen your, your name yet, there are... There are going to be some some pretty widespread theater releases coming in 2017, so you won't have to get it offline at low quality or anything like that. You'll be able to watch it in your theater near your home, hopefully. So that's pretty cool. Uh, for the bad this week, Pokemon Go strikes again. There was a Yakuza man that blackmailed a Pokemon Go acquaintance for money in Japan. Twenty-three Twenty-three-year-old <laughs> man was a 23-year-old man met a, another guy about the same age in a park in the middle of the night playing Pokemon Go, both of them, and they became like acquaintances. Well, it turned out that 26-year-old, one of the guys was, was a member of a Yakuza group, and which resulted in the Yakuza man extorting over $1,000 out of the other guy <laughs> and forced him to do crimes for, for, for the Yakuza syndicate, such as helping them drive cars. What? How? Yeah. How did that happen, though? Were they, like, talking over Pokemon Go, and the one guy was like, let me tell you the time when I killed a man? Well, I don't know. Like, it's, it's like, it's like he probably got photos of him naked or threatened to send him to his job or something. You know oh, you know how man. it goes. He was Dude. probably like, okay, there's a Mewtwo over on this corner. Here, take this car and drive it over there. <laughs> so the moral of the story is not to mess with people in the middle of the night. One player has already died while playing Pokemon Go in a park at night. Yeah. And numerous people have been injured and arrested as well. So let's not make friends with Yakuza <laughs> while playing Pokemon Go. So maybe that's more of like a Darwin, a Darwinism type of uh, bad for this week. For the Moe, hyper-realistic CG schoolgirl project Saya has been showing people what the potential future of virtual reality will be. There is a, a project being done by a husband and wife Teruyuki and Yuka Ishikawa in Japan that have been doing a CG project to show the power of the power and the, and the potential of CG modeling for use in virtual reality. And there was an 8K television at a recent um, Tokyo techno- technology show that had Saya, and man, she looks really real. I mean, it's crazy. It's not only the way that she looks, but no, I feel like normally in VR and in games, it's the movement of their bodies that make it hard to sort of mimic human human movement. And she moves just like a person. It's ridiculous. So if you want to look up Saya, she's potentially paving the way for what will be the future of virtual reality gaming. And she and I have a picture of her on my computer right here. And Kazuo can probably see she looks dead real. I mean, it's wait, cool. that's not a real person. No, that is not a real person. That is a CG creation of a girl named Saya. Wow. That, that, we'll put to, that could potentially be your future VR Kano Joe. All right. Except Have you guys seen the movie completely Her? Real. I, I know of it, but yeah, I haven't seen it. That's the future. And I will post some links to all this stuff in the chat so people that are watching live can, uh, can, can scope this stuff out. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's projects like Saya that 
I think sort of give me hope for what VR could be in the future. I think we have a lot of cool things to look forward to, and what a time to be alive. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, 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 bag. Oh, uh, yeah. Yay! <laughs> I love how we just instinctively do the mailbag dance. Yeah, and you instinctively do your ah oh, yeah I have after to. it. <laughs> so yes, of course you can leave us a mailbag by heading to aaapodcast.com. Just click on the mailbag button there and drop us a line, just like Voyager did. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Mitsugi, you want to read this one? Sure. What, in your opinion, is worse? An anime that is well animated, is directed well, and is well produced, but does nothing original and takes no risks. Or an anime that is original but is poorly animated and poorly directed? That's a good question. So an anime that is well put together but is just kind of a generic run-of-the-mill show or something that is truly unique but poorly put together. I'm going to say the latter is worse. I think it's we often have anime that aren't original that have that are great because most aspects of their creation is superb. Sure. But a poorly made show that is lacking in most ways, even if it's original, isn't going to be something you want to watch and is ultimately going to be a failure. Yeah. Like like a show like Terraformers or something. I don't know. They go to Terraform Mar- Mars. Terraform Mars. It's like aliens on Mars and they go and whatever. Not like not Super original, but not the most run-of-the-mill thing ever. But from what I know of that, the production for that was not very good. And Blood of Wars, which just came out, um, a little, well, I don't know, probably not that unique. Well, Maybe that anime is just terrible in just about all ways. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can just look at almost any shonen show, and not original, most of them really at all, but some of them can be tremendous just because of how well they're produced. So, yeah, I would agree with your opinion that something that is um that is poorly produced would be worse so yeah what do you think chiaki i i have to agree with both of you i think something that because the way that i think about it is one just because something is original doesn't make it good you could have a steak and pour froyo on it Mm. that would be original yummy probably good don't could be. It could be. Good. I don't know. <laughs> like you got the sweet, you got the salty. <laughs> well, and maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But the other thing I'm thinking about too is like, if you have something that's really good, but you don't present it well, it's hard to enjoy the fact that it's really good. And so I'm gonna. Plus, I also think of shows that there are a lot of shows out there that don't necessarily a lot of slice of life shows that don't necessarily tell a quote-unquote new story. Maybe they have one small twist of, oh, they're art students, or, oh, she's living with her grandmother instead of her friends. I don't know, something. And But for the most part, they're not new, but they're done really well. And so... I think I think sometimes having really good production and a really good product makes a lot of of enjoyment. Okay, so. awesome, cool. Um, so our next mailbag comes from Mexican Canadian. I love that. Um, love I wonder. If, I wonder if him and the uh, Mexican Donald Trump would get along. Do you have like an impression that you did for Donald Trump? I mean, seriously. No, I don't have a Donald. There's Trump no impression. voice or anything. No, I. 
I threw a, threw together the costume literally the day of the party. So, I mean, I didn't really have time to work on an impression. Mitsugi okay. is so hurt that you don't have an impression. I, th- I thought it had, it, you know, I know you did it to be funny. I'm sure the costume was funny enough. You didn't need an impression. Yeah. I'll put, I got my, do you have a picture? Can you put it on Twitter, on our Twitter page? I could try to find them. Yeah. There was a bunch like, of pictures I'd taken. Like I'm that. sure there's something out there. I'd like uh, to see that. So Mexican, Mexican Canadian writes, uh, greetings, AA podcast crew. I've been following your podcast since very early 2016 and love the whole crew and comments. Uh, my wife and I are very avid uh, anime fans, and among the type we like the most are uh, Nodame Cantable um, and Lovely Complex. We like them so much we have watched them at least three times each. Wow. My question for the crew is, can you recommend similar anime that fit such theme and genre? Thanks for the advice. Lovey-dovey so, rom-coms. Yeah, rom-coms. Basically. Yeah, I don't know anything about that genre, so... <laughs> Liar. I'm going to leave that to you guys. Well, there's a bunch of these. I mean, Amagami SS is a rom-com. That's basically about a guy who you know d- dates a girl, and then they, they go through like the same scenario, but with different girls, so you get to see how it plays out with different girls, and then... I always recommend His and Her Circumstances. That's a classic. It's not as new as these other ones you've listed, but definitely a classic anime. Honey and Clover. And there's a, and there's a Honey and Clover, an, an anime made by the people who did Honey and Clover com- like, coming out right now, right? What was that called? It is... Oh, it was one of Kimiko's. No, it's one of mine. Oh, it's one of yours? It is one what of mine. It's March Comes In Like a Lion. Maybe that's a good one. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten that much heavy romance, but it could come. Nozaki-kun? That's a romance comedy. Yeah, I oh, would I say Nozaki-kun. That and that show is hilarious. And that opening theme song is awesome. So good. So good. That well, was that was of the season where we had a bunch of really good theme songs. Whether yeah. or not you like the anime, the theme song to that was great. Bada Come On was great. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of good theme songs that season. What else you guys like? What are the rom-coms? <sighs> I mean, I have like a hundred of them I could list, but... I mean, free. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really watch rom-coms, so... Yeah. Nothing? You mm-hmm. already said Nozaki, and that yeah. kind of came to mind, so... Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have a, a mailbag from I Forgot My Username 22. <laughs> That's Jack- like my life story. <laughs> I know. Isn't that the worst? I don't even bother to try to remember them. I just go immediately to the I Forgot My Username. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Chuck, do you want to read that one? Sure. If you could teach English in another Asian country besides Japan, what country would it be and why? South Korea or Thailand. Why Thailand. Uh, because it's like the home home of Muay Thai, and oh, I would get yeah. to train at like legit Muay Thai gyms. And would you do that? Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. That would be awesome. And then of course South Korea, just because it's, you know, awesome. Well, I I also said Korea, but it was because the food is great and the girls are hot. Well, yeah, that's what I was going for, but <laughs> well, I girls didn't want gener- to say it. Girls gener- Why not? Girls generation. True. They're hot. There's no getting around it. I mean, the only well, problem is that like so many of them have had plastic surgery to look hot. Like it's rampant in South Korea. So, like, have, have you seen? Liar. Well, no, but have you seen like? Uh, there's been several of these, but there there are stories online of like a girl and a guy uh, getting together. A lot of them are are the ones that I've read are a Chinese man, where the girl goes to South Korea because going to South Korea actually for like a plastic surgery vacation is mm. not uncommon. Right. Well, that, let me yeah. finish the story. <laughs> so before, so yeah, guy and girl will get together, get married, 
have kids, and then the kids come out all busted looking, only for him to realize that she oh, had severe this. plastic surgery. So the uh, BCOM says Mongolia for the barbecue, and then Godius Maximus said, but Mongolia is cold as F. That's true. Only to, be, only to be met with the reply of, but my horse will keep me warm. <laughs> what? And, and the blood of his enemies. And the blood of his enemies. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll also say South Korea for all of the reasons that you guys listed. China, because they're true. China would, also has good food, but I would say it's very polluted. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I would say potentially Shanghai. That would probably be the only city in China that I would be like, yeah, I'll go live in Shanghai. Because Shanghai was pretty cool. But it wouldn't be high up there. And then I guess if we're counting like Southeast Asia, I would say Malaysia. Okay. All right. Yeah, Singapore is there too. And Singapore is awesome. Singapore is cool. It's it's hot as hell though. Wow. Um, JD984 writes, hey, AAA, do you guys think that when they bring Dragon Ball Super to the States that they'll fix the animation? <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> they would have to redo the whole show to, to fix that. I mean, you see old anime like Escaflone getting brought up to Blu-ray or whatever because they can visually enhance it and improve the resolution. But I can't, I can't believe people are still watching Dragon Ball Super. Apparently people are like more into it than ever because there's, like there's like a black Goku now. And Wait, what? Or something. He wears like black clothes or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, ba- or he's bad, like dark Goku, whatever they call it. Shadow we, Goku. We knew that, though. Like, there's multiple universes. Yeah. Of course, they were going to find the other Goku and they're going to have Goku fight Goku. What if there was a legit black Goku? Well, why not? Like, he's from Harlem. Maybe he's from Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it, That maybe would be an interesting twist. Would watch 10 out of 10. It's like, it's like a mix of Luke Cage and Dragon Ball. <laughs> We need to make that happen. Who doesn't want that? That sounds amazing. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> All right, we've got one more mailbag. Uh, this one comes from Alexander Steed, and uh, it says here, Hello, everyone. I just finished Firefly yet, yet again. Awesome. And was wondering what anime written by Joss Whedon would be like. Are there any Western writers that you would like to see give anime a shot? Regards, Alexander Steed. That's a good question. Um, Firefly is awesome. Have you guys seen Firefly? No. What? what? You haven't? I've seen. Nope. I've seen some of it. How have it, you avoided it all this time? I honestly, it's on my list of shame because I know I'll love it. Like, oh yeah, you will. It's everyone, only one everyone season. tells me that that I'll love it, but I just haven't gotten around to it. It's so. What awesome. do you mean you haven't watched Firefly? Who are you? Uh, I'm so sorry. Just get out of here right now. Okay. Bye. No wait. <laughs> we need you on the show. Yeah. Firefly is amazing. Like everyone I've shown it to has immediately loved it. Um, that's a good question, though. What would what would an anime written by Joss Whedon be like? I mean, I I think he has kind of an anime style in the way he writes. In that, you know, everyone knows he's not afraid to kill off a character, and I think you see that a lot more in anime than in most Western TV or cartoons specifically. Um, so yeah, I think he would be a good fit. Uh, I would love to see. And I suck at pronouncing his name. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But Del Toro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see him do an anime because he has these really interesting yeah. kind of visual style and immersive quality to his storytelling and this kind of cerebral meets fantasy meets real but fantastic. And I think he could do something with anime that would be really interesting oh, especially sure. because like then he wouldn't be gated by 
what he could do with physical effects, which I do think he enjoys. I think he enjoys playing with physical effects and practical effects. But I think it, I would love to see an anime, even if he doesn't write it. I mean, I would like him to write it, but at least with him as artistic direction. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, just judging from some of his work, yeah. you know, on like Hellboy and um, on Pacific Rim and stuff like Pacific that. Pacific Rim, be good. Crimson Peak. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, like put all of them to, and clearly he likes anime because Pacific Rim. Right. Like. Well, and another thing to kind of run back on Joss Whedon um, about like what kind of, what an anime that he wrote would be like. He is a big fan of having, you know, strong female characters in his anime or in his, in his movies. Yeah. So he would probably bring that over to anime as well, which is something that we get every so often, but the vast majority of anime is not quite that way. So yeah, that would be interesting. Bitsky, you know, you got any? No, not really. Huh. You know who else I want to see? by your answers. James Cameron finished that freaking Battle Angel oh, Lita movie. He has to get through a wall of 14 <laughs> Avatar movies first. <laughs> yeah, right? Burp, burp, burp. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's see here. I always get messed up by the layout of the new agenda. It's the exact same as it was before. Trivia. So, yes. Uh, this week's trivia before I guess we go on our news break, um, is, uh, so the answer for this week's trivia on the website was no game, no life. Um, and the correct answers, Mitsuki, I believe you have a list. JD984, Brains of Trash Panda, Chibi Rob, oh my oh my God, you took my cat, Nelly 1876, <laughs> Manly Mudkip. <laughs> oh my God, it's Derpy Murphy, Grawlix.edm, um, Immortal R, Heavy Metal Leo, Steve the Ripper, Z-Pond, King of Dong Style, Karma Assassin, Icy Rose, Raiko Sen, Sui Sujin, James the Reviewer. Uh, actually, James the Reviewer got it incorrect. <laughs> Sorry, Love James. You. He wrote no game. He wrote new game. I guess it's, it's a current anime. Mm-hmm. Um, level sixty nine Arcanine, Otaku, Otaku Cutie Pie. Oh my, oh my God! Just Derby Murphy answered twice, and it's Rainer. Good lord. Okay, and this week's winner was it's Rainer, and the winner nice for the job. month. Oh, uh, there's no winner for the month. Is not that was last person. month. Okay, well, yeah. never mind then. Is gone. <laughs> is gone. Deleted. <laughs> the winner in my heart, though, is oh my god, they took my cat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because that's terrible. All right, so we're gonna take a quick news break. Before we do, though, we do have our in-show weekly trivia question, which we'll answer after the break. Uh, it is in the anime Bubblegum Crisis. What is the name used to refer to the rogue robots that? Uh, what? Oh, that go berserk and terrorize people. So we'll answer that when we come back, and we'll see you all in a minute. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break first up for those of you who are steinsgate fans north american distributor funimation entertainment has announced that it is scheduled the release of steinsgate the movie load region of deja vu for next year the film reunites the steinsgate television series cast and staff with a completely new story set after the quote-unquote true end of the tv series funimation had announced in 2014 that it had licensed the film so it is finally coming to fruition and speaking of u.s 
movie releases, Eleven Arts have revealed a list of 33 theaters that will be screening Girls and Panzer der Film movie. I'm sure I said that completely wrong. It'll start on November 18th or later in the United States. The screenings will be featuring the English dub of the film. Eleven Arts will be holding the official premiere at the New People Cinema in San Francisco on November 18th at 7 p.m. The event will be including a Q&A with the English dub's director after the film screening. Sentai Filmworks announced back in September that it had licensed the film, so this is a pretty quick turn. Another retro news that seems to have come out of nowhere. Hold on to your hats for this one, kids, because entertainment industry news magazine Variety has recently reported that an animated film adaptation of Bandai Namco Entertainment's Klonoa video game series is in development. You heard me right, Klonoa, the platformer from back in like, what was it, the early 2000s? United States-based production company Henshin is working on the film, which announced at TIFFCOM. Henshin founder Rob Pareda is the producer, while Hitoshi Arigata from Mega Man Mega Mix and Big O Manga, as well as Pokemon Illustrations, is penning the script, co-producing, and designing the characters. The film will have an original story set in the same universe as the game. And finally, speaking of anime video game news, stuff that straddles the line, Atlas USA has begun streaming an English dub trailer featuring Anne Tamaki from its upcoming Persona 5 video game. Atlas has previously streamed featuring Anne's voice actress Erica Harlacher discussing the role with PR manager John Harden. Both of these videos are up on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. And here's another tasty morsel from the Trash Pandas Watch Anime Podcast. Some, some fan service? Yeah. Fans I mean, it worked pretty well in Dragon Ball. Do you remember those scenes with Bulma? Bulma was running around in them bunny outfit for the longest time i know a curatoriama <laughs> we can get the dragon balls and then we can make our wish bulma's panties <laughs> did oolong wish for bulma's panties or did you just wish for a pair of panties i think it was just a pair of panties i'm sure it's different in the japanese than it is in the english dub but yeah he just wished for panties they're probably used as always, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Trash Panda Anime. You can find us on our website, tpwapodcast.com. You can also find us on assorted sites like SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. We know the truth. It's written all over your face. You're addicted to anime. But it's more than that, isn't it? Are you also addicted to the AAA podcast? Get all the content. Early episodes, after parties, hobby addicts, hentai episodes, show notes, ringtones, and more by joining our $7 support tier. Go to aapodcast.com slash join and select the $7 tier to get access to everything. This means you'll get an extra eight episodes of podcast goodness delivered right to your ears every month. That's less than $1 per episode. And that's on top of all the other bonuses like ringtones and show notes. 
So head to aaapodcast.com forward slash join and select the $7 tier. Set up your membership and you're good to go. Another exciting episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Uh, before we went on our news break, we did have an in-show weekly trivia question. Yep. So what was the question again? It was, in the anime Bubblegum Crisis, what is the name used to refer to the rogue robot, ro- robots, the rogue robot, the rogue robots that go berserk and terrorize people? And the answer mm-hmm. is boomers. Boomers. Boom. Boom. Boom shakalaka. Also on JList.com right now, you can get some snack boxes. Who doesn't like snacks? Oh my like god, snacks. I love snacks. Look at me. Clearly <laughs> I love snacks. When we get to Japan, we are going to eat so many freaking snacks. All the snacks. JList.com forward slash box. Easy to remember. You can get a box of Japanese snacks. They also have a Christmas themed box coming up so you can experience Japan's Christmas, their interpretation of it. So get your snack on at JList.com forward slash box. And eat all the snacks, and Kazo will be eating them too when he goes to Japan. I just want them in and around my mouth. In your yes, put them in your mouth. <laughs> all right. Okay. So on to the main topic of today's episode. Well, it is Halloween. Don't it we is. have? Don't we have an? And then I put it in my mouth. Drop. Oh, didn't we I? Do. Didn't Somewhere. I say that? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Something like that. Cool. And if not, you just did. <laughs> So yes, today's main topic is going to be our favorite anime monsters in honor of Japan's new obsession with Halloween. So Japan is obsessed with Halloween now. They are. It kind of makes sense, you know, with all the cosplay and whatnot. Yeah, so Japan, Halloween didn't used to be big in Japan, but it's become big recently. Uh, At first, it was just like foreigners that loved Halloween having giant parties on trains. (laughs) so i've actually i've heard of this yeah so in the yamanote line kazo in tokyo the yamanote line is this loop line that goes in a loop it never stops and turns around it just keeps going and foreigners never stops so you can't get off or on it stops at every like you have to like run and jump on as it's going (laughs) foreigners would feel you know homesick or whatever during halloween so they'd all get together and they would Somehow they'd go on these websites and they'd figure out that this was the train and the curtain and the card number where people were going to get on in costume. And they would have these costume parties on the train, <laughs> which is totally not what the Japanese people want. So they would just totally disrupt transit by making the train stop a little longer than usual, you know, God forbid. And that led to <laughs> Japanese people actually having protests back then about it. They would there was a, a there was a time where people would stand with signs saying, "I got this off of Kotaku or something." Stupid gaijin, get out of Japan. We don't need Jap. We don't need Halloween. We Japanese don't need Halloween. I do, I do think it's interesting though the history of Halloween in general. 
Because Halloween is one of those fabricated holidays where it had a historical significance and it has a a religious kind of back end yeah. of why the date is significant and All Hallows Eve and mm-hmm. All Saints Day and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, drawing from other things like Day of the Dead and whatnot. But... Halloween, as we know Halloween, and I say we in motion to the other hosts, meaning Americans, really, um, is kind of unique, only really to us. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not quite sure how Canada does Halloween, but like a lot of a lot of other people that I've spoken to from different countries are kind of like, yeah, we don't really do Halloween here right or if we do it's not like you do in the states well yeah because we we americanized the hell out of it i mean it was supposed to be a day to remember the when the day rose from the dead or whatever but wait who rose from the dead all, all hallows eve it's like it's it's a day when the when, when the dead roam the earth for another night okay. i think you're thinking of the day of the dead no the mexican holiday yeah Look Dia de la Muerte. so in in Japan, they it has mostly taken off because of costuming. You know, Japan is really big on cosplay, and so you can imagine that a ho- a, ho- a a holiday that largely revolves around wearing costumes is you know obviously of great appeal to the Japanese people. So here's a picture I dug up online of two oh like, my cute, God. cute Japanese idols dressed as Nazis. Oh my god. <laughs> Because they have no clue what they're doing. Like oh, Japan is so cute, but they're cute because they just don't know anything. It's like you're trying to do Halloween. That's cute by itself, but you're gonna dress up like Nazis. Like you oh, don't even geez. you do not know what like Nazis stand for, right? And you're like and and you're a public figure too. Yeah, <laughs> it'd, it'd be like I don't know, like a senator showing up for a press conference wearing wearing a Hitler mustache or something. It's crazy. But they just think there's. They just think they look scary. They're making like these, like claw hand gestures or whatever right. they're doing. Well, they're, Nazis are scary. Yeah. So they're very cute. But um, that is one reason why Halloween has taken off in Japan in, in in such a large capacity. Japan has its own holiday for remembering the dead. It's called Obon. Yes. Oh. Obon is actually a really cool festival. Like if you're ever in Japan, when is it Mitsugi? November. I'm not exactly sure. But I'll look it up. Obon is a day where they remember the dead in Japan and they visit family graves and things like that. Right. And Halloween wasn't imported into Japan. Oh, I was completely wrong. I don't think it's in November. No, it's in August. It's in August. July, July, August time frame. It's the 15th day of the seventh lunar month. So it's one of those holidays that kind of changes. And it also looks like it can change from region to region. So like in the Kanto region, for some reason, it was the 15th of July. All right, well, whatever. Halloween was imported into Japan as a foreign holiday, and so it doesn't really have much connection to its real roots. Do they go trick-or-treating? No. no well, no. they may. I don't know. But because of Obo and Japanese people's connection to the death is very real, Halloween was imported, so it doesn't really carry that same connection. It's just a something fun that foreigners do. So Japan sort of does cute Halloween. They everything is they've dressed up in costumes and they will go like uh, there are pictures online of 
what Japan, what, what Halloween has become in Japan, and that would be, if you can imagine like a social media website having, arranging so that thousands of people will all go to this one street in Shinjuku or something on the same night, and they just turn the street into a huge Halloween party. Everybody's in costumes. What I do think, to your point, Mitsugi, about Halloween being cute, and this was one of the things that I I noticed when I was in Japan. One, it's not as big as we've covered, but two, everything about Halloween was cutesy. Mm. Everything. And it's not to say we don't get that here in the States, because well, we do, Yeah, but there's still that aspect of Halloween where it's like people... People have like witches and ghouls and wraiths hanging outside and, you know, blood drip, fake blood dripping on their windows and whatnot. There, there is still that aspect of the, the unsettling and horror and macabre and gory or whatever. That does not exist at all in yeah. Japan. So there's not the, even a little. So there's the point that in Japan, they will almost always refer to monsters or whatever for Japan as obake. Because obake, as in obake, ya, ya, obake ya, yashiki, which means like ghost story, is they're like cute little spirits, ghosts. Like Casper. Yeah, like <laughs> Casper. Now, what you won't hear them saying is yurei, which is another word for a, a, a demon, which is almost more, which is more like a vengeful spirit, like a scary, terrifying thing. Right. Like there's that. Like the girl from the um, ring. Yes, like that. Or like the girl from Yotsuya Kaidan, which I'm going to talk about later, which is a, a classic story in Japan, which I would love to see in Kabuki, by the way, but I doubt that'll ever happen, where a woman is dumped by her, he's cheating on her husband, and then he like poisons her or something and kills her, and she comes back from the dead as a vengeful spirit and haunts him and kills him and like all of his friends. Jeez. So, but you'll never hear them refer to ghosts as yurei, because that's more of a like a terrifying thing in Japan is, as Chiaki put it, all about cute stuff like this photo would suggest where it's all like cute little pumpkins with, with big smiley faces and cute ghosts. And um, in bakeries, they'll make bread. Like you'll see, you're going to see tons of bakeries in, in Japan, Kazuo. Mm-hmm. They love bakeries and they'll, they'll have bread that are shaped like pumpkins and you can buy like your melon bread that looks like a pumpkin. And it's just a fun, cute time to sort of, merchandise things and dress up in costumes and and as you do look like a whore while you dress up well i mean we can hope yeah isn't that what halloween's all about yeah it is get yeah. drunk dress like a slut yes. i mean that's slutoween it's the most yeah. wonderful time of the my, year my link costume last night i because i knew i was going out so i didn't want to go full-on costume mm-hmm. like that it was going to be difficult and or i was going to get like not allowed in because I had my face covered and was craziness. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear a little lacy thing under my jacket. And I'm going to show a little bit of cleavage because it's Halloween. I just I just realized I totally messed up my costume this year. Uh-oh. I should have been slutty Donald Trump. Oh. oh. You're going to wear like a garter belt and stuff? You should I'm... have. Dang it. If only there oh, were more Kazuo. costume holidays. Right? So... Japan has also added the color purple to their sort of Halloween um, color palette. And that's because purple is the color of sweet potatoes <laughs> in Japan. That's really why? Yeah. Well, and because it, 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 in Japan, it also represents like witches and magic, right? I'm, I'm sorry. Chocobo, uh, 
What? Chocobo Pie in the chat said Donald Tramp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Dang it. Oh, nice. no. Well, that's okay. Um, El Trumpo was good, too. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. So sweet potatoes are purple and so and, and purple is the color that they that they use for witches and magic so that so that works well for them but also Japan makes a boatload of food out of sweet potatoes and a lot of sweets and cakes and things like that so they have tons of Halloween f- Halloween foods that are made out of sweet potato okay oh so and there is your connection and of course fast food chains like McDonald's do their thing like they all, they have like a Halloween burger where the where the bun has you know, like squid ink in it, so the bun, yeah. the bread so the bread is black. Yeah, dude, Burger King had this black burger last year. Yeah, it turns your poop neon green. No, it does not. One hundred. Oh, I remember that. I thought I was intentionally. Like, it well, it's just because the coloring they use. That is scary. I thought there was something wrong with me. Poop is not <laughs> supposed to be neon green. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah. Holy oh shit! My indeed. God. So oh, holy shit! Yeah. So like McDonald's, as we talked about Huffington Post making fun of Japan for their for their um, drizzle that's pumpkin and chocolate like swirl. Which that sounds good to I'm me. I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> anyway, so Halloween in Japan is becoming more fun, and I look forward to a day when maybe I'm living in Japan again and I can sort of see how Japan does all their Halloween stuff. You know what I will say though about Halloween in Japan and Halloween. Halloween and Christmas kind of were the two holidays that highlighted this for me, where in living in Japan, Americans go full hog on shit. Like, if we decorate, like, it's not uncommon to see yards decked to the nines and, you know, pumpkins and, like I said, hanging shit and things in your windows and all of the above. Japan is a lot more like... I got this cute little pumpkin thing and I'm going to put it in my windowsill and I'm being really festive. And so like one of my favorite things when we were living over there was Cram, who was on the show. He's one of your favorite things. He actually was. He's a human being. He actually was. She has feelings. Okay. Gosh, don't objectify Cram. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, one of my favorite things was that Cram had a Halloween party because his wife her favorite holiday was Halloween. Oh, I think for both and, of them, I think, clearly. Yeah. And so they would have a crazy Halloween party that was awesome with, like, tons of decorations and all of that. And, of course, Japanese friends would be invited. And just seeing the, their reactions yeah. to all of that compared to the foreigners, like, it was just so cool and so funny to see because all the foreigners were like, that's that's how you do a Halloween party, right? Like, you have crazy things and food that looks like eyeballs and shit like that and decorations everywhere. Um, but, yeah. Oh, that is That is one thing that I am glad to be back in the States for. And, and it's probably just because this is where I grew up. It's not and just all the freedom. <laughs> so much freedom. So much freedom. So much freedom. Um, and it's probably because this is what I where I grew up and this is home for me. But being abroad over Halloween was actually really hard. Being to not- abroad? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. What? <laughs> huh? Nothing. Never mind. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> so... Okay. So I thought we'd talk about some of our favorite ghosts and monsters from from anime. Awesome. I'm yeah. glad you brought this up. 
Okay, why is that? Because as I often do. Oh I, my God! <laughs> top ten ghosts of. Okay, what? I googled. Uh, back to Honeyfeed blog. Okay, great. I googled uh, top ten monsters in anime. Okay, can we play a game real quick? Don't sure. look at the list. Okay. Over under on four of them being from shonen shows. Ooh. No, I take it back. Over under half of them being five. Five I'll, is the number. I'm gonna say under. I'll say under too. I'm gonna say push. I think there's five. Okay. Number 10 uh, is Blue Gender. So okay. I guess monster anime is kind of what it is. Okay, so Blue Gender is an anime about um, monsters come to Earth and they're like... I th- actually, I think they are they're, they come out of the Earth, I think, and they're meant to take rev- to wipe out humanity because humanity is like a blight on the Earth. I think right. that's what it was. Anyway, it's very violent. Yes. So, okay. Not very good. N- not a shonen. It was on TV. It was on, uh, it it was was on Adult Swim, yeah. Was it on Adult Swim? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I, I like it. I was thinking in, sci-fi. It's it's the one that has the big the, the monsters who look like they have giant vaginas on their faces. Yes, got it. Okay, number nine, Ajin. They're not really monsters. Um, yeah, they are. Mm. The s- demony, smoky creatures. They're that... supposed to be like um like personifications of their emotions or something. They explained it in the season two. Well, you are not monsters. What it tells us is that humans are the real monsters. Yeah, we are. Yeah, ain't that the truth? I think Miyazaki would agree. So I yeah. guess that's. Uh, shonen, um, kind no, of. I mean, no, it's I about young boys. I don't. I yeah, don't but think it doesn't so. have any any of the other shonen elements. Either way, they're not dumb. The not genre. a real monster. Number eight, Tokyo Ghoul. Not that's surprised. a shonen show. That is a shonen show and very popular. Although yeah, very popular. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, uh, the, number the, seven. The end of the first season was pretty badass. Yeah. Number seven, Kiseiju. Yeah, Parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Not not shonen. Not shonen, but a good show. Yeah. Uh, number six, Claymore. I haven't seen this one. You haven't seen? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I've seen parts of it too. Yeah. Uh, number five, Gantz. Hmm. I, I hadn't thought of that. that. There's not very many shonen on this list, but no. I guess then again, shonen anime don't really have lots of ghosts in them usually. Number four, number four, Knights of Sidonia. Hmm. The ghost of uh, the Benny Suzume is pretty spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Also kind of hot. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. Spooky, but fact, also not kind of. I'm just gonna say she's pretty hot. Number three, Blood Sea. Oh, God. Why? Why specifically Blood Sea? Yeah, the worst, was... the worst pile of rubbish. I don't know. She yeah. spent that half that anime eating, drinking coffee and eating cake. <laughs> That's uh, what the C stands for, what? coffee and cake. Terraf- Number this, two this is, is Terraform Mars. Can we just assume that this is a list of I feel 10 like and not the top 10? I feel like they're going God. backwards. <laughs> Yeah, they still. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't even want to know what the number one is. And oh, the number God. one, what is it? Monster anime. Oh my God. is Berserk. Oh, all right. That's fair. All right. That's fair. That is, I guess, that is fair. I mean, there's mad monsters and demons in that show. Anyway, so on the top of, I, I don't have a list. Well, you know, first of all, thank you, Cosmo. You're welcome. Very valuable. <laughs> very valuable insight. My Google abilities. Yeah, and uh, Stray Warden in the chat says. Oh no, Fignat said, I can already tell Berserk is going to be on this list, and they were right. So, the top of my list is something that I really want to see in Kabuki badly, but I don't think it often gets performed anymore, and that's Yotsuya Kaidan, is the story of Oewa and Tamiya Iemon, and it's it's about a woman who gets scorned and killed by her husband, and she comes back from the dead to 
seek revenge. Her passion is so for revenge is so powerful that it lets her bridge the gap back to Earth where she proceeds to kill everybody. Hell hath no fury. And there are very specific traits to Oiwa that link her to lots of other Japanese ghosts, including, according to Wikipedia, the white dress that, that is the burial kimono that Japanese people wear. Long, ragged hair that you see on from like the ring and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like a pale white face that marks ghosts from Kabuki Theater. And this isn't performed very often anymore. And if I recall, it's because there's been several instances where yes. upon performing the play, either parts of or the entirety of the cast of the play have been killed in terrible accidents while they're performing. Whoa. I'm I'm gonna try to look up a few because this is actually crazy. Yeah, like one time there was a fire and a bunch of people burned to death, and then a couple of times then there was a time where I think just like maybe the director died or something. But because of that, I thought that they outlawed the play. Like they believe that it's actually like haunted by the ghost of Oiwa and that she will Or maybe there's just some crazy person killing people that perform this maybe. play. And for those of you that well, just to give Chucky time to find it. Oiwa is from the first section of the Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales anime where they spend four episodes telling the tale of Yotsuya Kaidan. And it's a really cool story. And I would, God, I'd love to see it in Kabuki. I love Kabuki. It's really good. But then all the people that were doing it would die. Yeah, well, and that's why I think they don't do it anymore. Actually, as an extra or in part of the Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales, they actually tell some of this, the history of the play Yeah, in the anime. It's a very unique uh, anime series. I want to see a play about all of the people that were killed from doing the play. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a loophole that they can get around. So they won't get killed. Do so you I'm, have a trying, I'm trying to find, like, I can't find exact dates, but I'm, I did find a list that said um, performing the play was uh, people involved with the play. An actress died. Stage lights fell and injured actors. Deaths of directors and so on mm-hmm. to the point that now whenever someone performs this play there's a superstition in in theater that to avoid the curse, they have to go visit Oiwa's grave and pay their respects. Yeah. Several productions of Yosia Kaidan, including television and movie adaptations, have been reported mysterious accidents, injuries, and even deaths. And it's now tradition before staging an adaptation of it that the principal actors and directors have to make a pilgrimage to Oiwa's grave and ask her permission and her blessing for the production. Dang. So they take this shit for real. This is some badass stuff here. I was talking to some people last night at at at, a, at the bonfire after the party um, about ghosts and whatnot. I I don't I just don't believe any of that. And well, Japanese people are very superstitious. But very like, why is it that ghosts are always mean? Like they're not, not always right. Like the Obake aren't mean. They're cute ghosts. But like you know, as far as like when people tell you, oh, I had an experience where my house was haunted or something. It's like, why is it never haunted by a cool person? Like, I want to be a ghost. I, I so actually, I hang out. so believe it or not, but um, I was, I was actually in, in a bed and breakfast uh-huh. that was near Gettysburg and just on vacation with my mom. And I don't know, I was like 12, 13. So take this for what it is. Like it could have 
it could all be fabricated in my head. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure where I stand on ghosts because of my personal beliefs and afterlife and shit I'm not going to get into. But um, while we were there, there would be, like, weird things that would happen. Like, lights that it lights in rooms that we hadn't gone into that would be on. And in rooms that were relegated just to us, not like common rooms or doors that would be we would close and then we would find open. And and yeah, it's one of those things of did we do it? Did we forget? Did the other person do it and forget? Whatever. Um, but it was one of those things. But we never felt uneasy. And when we were checking out, the owner actually said, did you have any problems with the ghost? And we were like, what? Um, but it was it was a very welcoming spirit. Like, if a spirit was there, like, the the whole place felt great. So it wasn't like a, there is a ghost here, and it's a horrible, tragic story. No, it was like a woman who ran it as an inn, lived a great life, right. and died in the place. And they're like, her spirit just still keeps looking after the place. Hmm. And so it was like a warm, fuzzy story. Yeah, I mean, you, so you hear stories like that, which are very... Like, I mean, not, like the story is that nothing really happened. Like we think maybe the light might have been left on. Who knows? Or maybe housekeeping came in when you weren't there. No. There are also stories that you hear from people where it's like something like, you know, uh, a book was thrown across, across the room or something more tangible. And, you know, I, to me, it's like whenever I hear that, I'm like, OK, well, you're full of it, obviously. I've yeah. only ever had one experience that made me really go like holy shit, what was that? Like, I've only ever had one of those experiences involving ghosts. What was it? Again, with my mom, we took a bunch of road trips when I was younger, and we were road tripping around <laughs> the most exotic road trip ever in, like, Wyoming, Nebraska, and Iowa. Uh, <laughs> and, like, like South Dakota. Long story, but we were road tripping around there and we were on this stretch of road that was just farmland. Like it, it's the section of the country where it's like you have one small town and then a hundred miles of nothing and then another small town. And so we're... <laughs> Go on. So, so we're on this road in the middle of the night and it's like, it's like midnight or so. And it's so dark. There's nothing. There's no lights anywhere. There's no street lights. There's no houses. There's there's no moon even right now. So like, it's the kind of darkness that Just all that exists is the headlights of your car. You could have an abyss on one side of you and you wouldn't know. That's the kind of darkness it is. And the only thing the headlights pick up is the road ahead and like all of like the rows of corn or something i don't know whatever they were growing and we're on this road we're the only ones out there and we're going and our headlights hit something that isn't the car doesn't hit something the, the light the hit light something. shone upon something the light the shone upon something on the side of the road and we whiz by, and again, there's been no other cars, no houses, no lights anywhere. And I look to my mom, and she looks at me, and we both kind of have that moment of, did, did you see that? And we end up describing the exact same thing that we saw, which was 
a man standing on the side of the road, looking across the road, uh-huh. not waving for help, not signaling, not doing anything with like, I don't know, just not like, not like old, old timey clothes, but not like, it wasn't like he was like in jeans and t-shirt either. Standing with a trunk at his side and his hand on the trunk. Huh. Nothing else around. Nothing. I don't. I don't even know. Like I can't tell you what that section of road is. I can't tell you if there is any haunted things in the area. Like there Could just wasn't be a guy hitchhiking. But he didn't move. You would think in a stretch of like a hundred miles with no road and no other cars, if he saw a car coming, he would be like waving and freaking out and motioning to us. But he didn't. He didn't move at all. Hmm. Like, that was the weird thing. The weird thing for us was that he's standing in the pitch darkness, looking across the road, not moving, not doing anything. So it sounds to me like it could be a number of things. One, it could be a guy just hitchhiking his way down the road, stopping for the night. Two, it could be like a scarecrow or a But it was on the edge of the road. Like in the road? No, like like on the side of the road. On, but not like off on the side of the road. Like literally where the asphalt ends. Okay. Like on the edge of the road. So I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, for I mean, sure. It's it could just be a guy standing there, <laughs> or it could. But be... why? Why would a guy be standing in the pitch blackness with no lights? Right. Looking across the road, not trying to wave or signal or flag the only car. Like. I, I mean, I get it. Like there, there are tons of explanations. I'm not saying it's a ghost. Right. Like, so this is why, and this is why I, I, I don't believe in this stuff because it's like, we saw a man standing still. Like that's it. There's a guy standing still. All right. It was weird as okay. fuck. Good story. Oh, sorry. I liked it. I dropped an f bomb. So I, um, I got some more on this list, but I want to hear some of your favorite anime monsters and stuff. Um, one that comes to mind for me is old school, but it's the mermaid from Pet Shop of Horrors. And I know that's oddly specific, but I actually really liked Pet Shop of Horrors when I watched it. And there's a lot of monsters in this anime. It's old school. And, but the mermaid, her design and her story really stuck out to me enough that I would go back and rewatch her episode because I remember it being something like, you want to believe that she's like this tortured creature that actually has like a good soul and a good heart and just wants freedom. And then in the end she like kills people. So, but she has a cool design. So that's one that stuck out for me. Another one like Kazuo's list. I had uh, the vampires from blood, the last vampire, but the original movie, the Chiropterin, the car. Yeah. The Chiropterin, but Again, the original, like, I I don't remember when this movie came out. What what would that be? Early 2000s? Probably. Like, like very early, I would yeah, think. Yeah, like 2000 itself. I don't know. But I remember those being really freaky when I watched it. And their design is cool. Because it's not like, it's not at all like the pretty vampire of no. it, a la Interview with a Vampire or Twilight or anything like that. Like, they're gnarly looking. So that's another one of my favorites. And then I also have a uh, Pet Shop of Horror, or not, tch, Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales. And they have some cool looking ghosts and monsters and whatnot that 
take a little bit more from Japanese folklore. And yeah, I just did one of those. Yotsuya Kaidan. Yeah. No, I know. I'm I'm following up on that. But okay. I was saying Ayakashi ha- Samurai Horror Tales has a bunch of those. Yeah, there's a couple others also. You know yeah. another really good monster? Me? No. <laughs> yeah, you're a monster. No. Johan Liebert from Monster. Oh, yeah. He's uh, the well. He's he's an example of human beings being monsters. Yeah. All right. I guess that's you have it. one, Cosmo, because I, I have like five more. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't have any other than um, the top Z- ten I went through. Zerum is pretty cool. Uh, Zerum from Iria, which is another anime movie that like I feel like James Cameron might like because it's sci-fi. You know, he seems to like sci-fi stuff. Uh, Zerum, the Zerum is like this giant space monster that has a huge bounty on his head, and he's like really hard to kill. So that's pretty cool. And um, if you want like an, a great example of Obake, look no further than the Spirit Away Spirited Away Bathhouse spirits. There's a lot of cool designs in that movie. Yeah, I mean they're like all Obake. So. And they're so cute. Yeah, they're so cute little guys. And so you can definitely check out the Spirited Away movie to see some some cool ghosts in anime. And um, I also really like the Chimera Ants from Hunter x Hunter. They're not quite as like traditional ghosts, but they're still basically monsters. I mean, Addicted in Hero sense. in the chat asks, would Titans in Attack on Titan be considered monsters? I would say so. I what guess. do you guys think? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they're just as much of a monster as the... IBMs from Ajin. Mm. The irritable bowel movements. They're called IBMs. <laughs> I can't remember the name of what, like, what it stands for. Peter Wright in the chat also brings up the original Vampire Hunter D, and that has some good monsters in it, too. But I feel like a lot of the monster anime, like, if you want, like, not the cutesy monster or whatever, but, like, there are, there are a lot of them from the 80s. You know, best monsters in anime? What? The best monsters in anime? Yes. Pocket monsters. <laughs> yes! <and> digital monsters. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need. Pokemon and Yeah, Digimon. I guess they technically count. I mean, there's tons of monsters from Pokemon, Digimon. Um, That's the Mon. Whatever that new anime, whatever the new one's called that has the ghosts. Yokai oh, Watch. Yokai Watch. Yeah. They have so many words for ghosts in Japanese. There's like Yokai, Obake, Yure, Not- um, Oni. Natsume Yujin show, of course, has a lot of interesting spirits and s- monsters, if you want to loosely call them that. Uh, chat says, Godius Maximus says, Devil Man. Addicted Hero says, One Punch Man. The monsters um, in that. Chocoba Pie says, Vampires from Awadi no Seraph are pretty creepy. But mostly <laughs> for, for the pedophilia undertones. <laughs> Burning Wolf says, Demon City Shinjuku. Axe. Ado's Doxarelia says Akuma from D. Gray Man. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different monsters in anime. Plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, happy Halloween, everybody. It's Woo! Halloween is tomorrow. I oh guess- great! Now I have to turn off my front porch lights and pretend I don't hear people knocking well, you, at the door. You, you, you <laughs> live in an apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, people don't really come trick or treating out at the apartment, do they? Um, I don't think so. I mean, no, nobody comes trick or treating at my place. I mean, yeah. I live in a condo, but no one lives, no one comes here. True. I get bummed by not getting trick or treaters. I like trick or treaters. I want to buy a big old bag of candy 
and give them and out. eat all the candy. <laughs> well, that's usually what ends up happening because I'm like, this is going to be the year, guys, that I'm going to get trick-or-treaters and I buy candy and then I spend the night eating it myself because there's inevitably no trick-or-treaters. All right. Well, we're going to take another anime news break. When we return, we will be doing our impressions. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break first up for those of you who are yoamushi pedal fans the official website for the anime has revealed that the third anime season based on wataru watanabe's original manga yoamushi pedal new generation will premiere on january 9th on tv tokyo the time slot is the same as the previous seasons of the anime so i guess it was good enough for the channel to keep it in its same slot and speaking of January anime, are you ready for more bare ass? If you don't know what I'm talking about from that, I am of course talking about Super Lovers. Yes, their official website was also updated. And they included theme song artists as well as a January 12th premiere date for the second season, Super Lovers 2. The Super Lovers Autumn Festival had announced the news earlier in the day, but now it is official and on what the website. So that's coming up too. And in some completely different news, Mamoru Hosoda, the director of critically acclaimed anime movies, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Summer Wars, and Wolf Children, aka the man who seems to do no wrong, has announced that he is planning to release a new film in 2018. That is far too long from now. He indicated in an Associated Press interview that after dealing with motherhood in Wolf Children and fatherhood in last year's The Boy and the Beast, he wants to address, quote, siblings as the theme of his next film. I am already very excited for it, and it is basically two years away. And finally, if you're a fan of American comics and anime, you're probably excited for the Stan Lee collab. However, if you're like me and have been living under a rock since 2015 when it was announced by Studio Dean, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, American comic pioneer Stan Lee, who made things such as X-Men and Spider-Man, you've probably heard of him, is doing a collaboration series between himself, his POW Entertainment Company, Studio Dean, and director Hiroshi Nagahama, who worked on Mushishi, Flowers of Evil, and Detroit Metal City. And recently, at a Los Angeles Comic-Con event, he released a new promotional video, a teaser visual, and more staff for the Reflection anime project. You can find that teaser video on YouTube, and I recommend checking it out. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Man, Chiaki, I'm so nostalgic for Japan. All I want is some Japanese candy or a canned coffee, like the ones I used to have on my way to teach at my schools in Japan. So why don't you go out to a con or something and buy some? The prices at cons are crazy expensive, and... 
Nowhere else carries this stuff. Um, Mitsugi, JList.com, duh. Do they sell Japanese snacks? Yeah. They just started a new box service where you can get an awesome oh. box of Japanese snacks without having to sign up for a subscription even. Oh, no subscription? Is there stuff good though? As good as everything else is on JList.com, it's awesome. I know you, Mitsugi. You'll love it. They have everything from anime-themed snacks to melon bread and even seasonal boxes for Halloween and other holidays. That's great. Is it expensive, though? You know, chotakai. No, it's only $2 per item on average. And the deluxe box comes with a free drink item and a $5 JList coupon. Rock on. It figures JList.com would come through for me. I can't wait for my ramune flavored candies. So go to JList.com forward slash box or the non-adult mirror site JBox.com forward slash box to get yours. Mmm, nom noms. Nom. And we are back to the 374th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I've got pumpkin pie. What? I've got a uh, dogfish head 90 minute IPA. So. I've got pink hair. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> so, yeah, he's been uh, changing out her costumes. After the last news break, you turned into Koi Dakuma. Yes. Foot now, pajamas. Now, are you, um, what's that girl's name? Uh, the the one they have all the figures for, and she always has headphones on. Oh, Super Sonico! Yes. I should have put it something way more low cut on. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wear a bikini or something. Yeah. When VR girlfriend games come out, Super Sonico will be on the short list. She'll be they'll be making VR games of her for sure. Should I should I go put like something? No, it's okay. no are we good? Okay, yeah, no. cool. I don't want to objectify you. <laughs> well, okay, so I think I'm offering you? to objectify <laughs> myself. So yes, we have a five-star review uh, before we get into our impression section. Um, impression section. It's like conjunction junction. Anyways, five-star review. Of course, you can leave one. Head over to iTunes. Uh, leave one there. This one is uh, left by Aaron on the streets, Titan in the sheets. And um, Oh, my God. And I love how I guess you can put, you know, you know how we say like five whatever out of five. They put five Kazuo cosplays out of five. <laughs> And um, I'll just read what they wrote here. It says, hey, AA squad, I wrote a long review, then my cell phone died, and I don't want to retype it, so here's the gist of it. This podcast helps me keep a long list of anime uh, to watch. Wait, what? This podcast helps me keep a long list of anime to watch currently on Parasite. Uh, like the Japan knowledge at my job, I work on projects there, and I might as well, or I might be able to go soon. What? Oh, to go to Japan. Okay. Uh, all around good show. I only started listening a month ago. Excited, and I'm excited to get more involved as a listener. Cool. Well, thank you. Rock thank on. You. Love you. So yes, we got quite a few impressions to go through yes, today. Um, I've got three, and I think Mitsugi, do you have one? I have one, and then Chiaki has one. Correct. Yes. Yes. All right. So cool. I imagine we'll boom boom. boom yeah. Boom. So yeah, I'll I'll start off since I have to kind of like I'm gonna spread mine out a little bit. 
Um, the first impression I will do is on a little show called Drifters. So uh, I'm just going to read you real quick the synopsis off of my anime list sourced by Today, Wikipedia. Today we're going to be doing funny. impressions. Impression time. Oh, believe God. it. Anyways. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I, I should do an entire impression in that voice. No, I won't do that to you. Um, so, Drifters. Uh, synopsis says, uh, Shimazu Toyohisa, whilst involved at the Battle of Sekigahara, manages to mortally wound um, I Naomasa, but is critically wounded in the process. As he walks from the field, broken and bleeding, Toyohisa finds himself transported to a corridor of doors where a bespectacled man at a desk waits for him. This man... Here we are again with the bespectacled. bespectacled. Purple prose. Uh, um, I mean, I don't think that would classify as purple prose. It's more of just, you know... If that is purple prose, then I write nothing but purple. Most people do. Well, yeah. I like purple. So, so does and pink. pink. Sweet potatoes. All right. <laughs> so, um, okay, where was I? Okay, so the man on the desk waiting for him... Uh, the man, uh, Murasaki, sends Toyohisa into the nearest door where he wakes up in another world. There, Toyohisa meets other great warriors like him who have been transported as well to be part of a group known as Drifters. So, interesting concept. Um, not completely unique. Uh, the, the, the show is basically about all these uh, um, legendary warriors throughout time. God. So, How many times? How many times? I mean, it's it's happened quite a few times. I mean, come on. So yeah, just uh, I mean, looking at the character list, like if you go to the character list on my anime list, there's uh, Oda Nobunaga is there. Oh my god! Uh, um, there's two. It's two Nobunaga anime this season. Yeah, there's Joan of Arc is there. Um, what the hell, have we watched this already? No. <laughs> Didn't you just do an anime that you hated, Divine Gate? Divine Gate. Is Santa Claus in it? <laughs> no, Santa Claus is not a Santa Claus. Uh, oh, that anime was awful. This is like, can I just say, this is like yes. an entire genre. There is an entire genre of anime specifically for this anime has legendary heroes from the past in it. And it's always the same ones. It's like Joan of Arc, King Arthur. It's always the same people. Yes. So, um, that being said, not probably not the most original show ever, obviously. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of like really badass action though in the movie or in the movie in the show. Um, it's it's like rated R on my anime list, which is totally legit because there's a lot of gore and slicing and dicing mm. and much you know, different people getting cut in pieces and all kinds of stuff. Um, again, we're only kind of talking about the first three episodes. So in the first three episodes, you're introduced to this main character who is kind of a wild samurai type character. Um, and super aggressive and loves battle and all that. And, and when he's about to be killed after a battle, as I said in the synopsis, he's teleported to this. It's just a hallway, and there's a bunch of doors on either side, and there's a man at the desk in the middle with, like, a computer and notepad and whatever. So it's, it's a little odd to be like, you're an ancient samurai type, and now all of a sudden he's there's this guy with a computer, and he starts walking towards him. As he does, he gets sucked into a door kind of off to the side and then teleported to another world because there are like elf people there and they all speak a different language which i don't know if it's just like some made-up language that the writers of the show made but it sounds weird um so he ends up there and he that's where he runs into oda nobunaga and some other lady who is an archer 
like a Japanese archer lady. I don't know who she is, but Kikyo? she's... Kikyo? Uh, what? <laughs> who? From Inuyasha. Oh, no, Kikyo. no. Um, I don't know her name. Oh, here we go. Uh, Yoichi Suketaka Nasu, who I'm assuming is some historical Japanese character that I don't know. Um, so he runs into them, they end up saving some elf village from these guys who are coming in and just wrecking shop and killing everyone. Um, and it kind of jumps around a bit. It's, it's, um, cause there are several different groups of what they call drifters of these, um, warriors from time. And there's also another group that they're kind of fighting against that are, that appear to also be drifters. Um, and so it, that's basically all the show is like, it's, it's kind of a thin plot, but just watching it for the action is a lot of fun because like there's just all these crazy over the top battles and everything. So that's the the most fun part of it. Like that's why I've been enjoying watching it. Um, it's I think only so the action is really good. Yeah, I think it's I'm trying to think how many see how many episodes it is. It can't be that long because I, I can't imagine this going on for very long. It's probably just a 13 episode show. I don't think it says on my anime list just yet. But um, there's in the third episode there's a scene where this castle is being sieged is that the right word yeah siege yeah and um so you have a few drifters in the castle kind of protecting it with the rest of the army and then it's being attacked by some other what appear to be drifters um i think one of them is like shinsengumi because just from his outfit like um, the blue and the white yeah well um yeah it it's it's hard to tell. They haven't really said their name just yet. But and then there's like dragons and stuff coming in, like and what and the hell? and all kinds of like orcs and whatnot. So this crazy like battle. And then a, another drifter shows up um, through one of the portals. He just appears. And and again, when they appear, it's because they were just about to die. And then they get sucked into this realm and then put out into one of the worlds. So he comes through, except he's in a plane, and he's a. Uh, like a this World sounds War just II. as cracked out as Divine Gate. <laughs> is, Santa, is, is Santa Claus going to come in with his reindeer? No, there's no Santa Claus. Well, where is he? I don't know. Goddamn lazy son we of a bitch Santa Claus. We are one Santa, Santa Claus, Claus so- shy of Divine Gate. But Things it, you never thought you'd hear. It's So this guy shows up. He flies through the portal in his in his 40s Japanese like bomber or whatever, or fighter plane. And he kind of sees everything going on. He doesn't really know where to jump in, but then he sees these monsters killing all the people inside the castle area. And so he's like, all right, well, I guess I know whose side I'm on. And he starts, like, mowing down dragons and stuff. It's sick. <laughs> Do Marty and, uh, and the doctor from, uh, from Back to the Future come rolling in in their, in their DeLorean? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No. What? Um, who is it that said here? Uh, oh, Addicted Hero in the chat says, it sounds like a crazy medley of fantasy fiction. And that's exactly what it is, to me at least. Like, it's just, they're taking all these heroes throughout time, throwing them in a world, and having crazy epic battles. Uh, again, not the not the most story-heavy show ever. Very thin plot, but just fun to watch, you know? Like, I'm enjoying watching it. I think a lot of people, um, you know, at least in the chat, that are watching it, if they are, I think they're enjoying it as well. So, I'm going to be passing Drifters. Really? So we're going to actually have to watch another anime with Oda Nobunaga? Nothing I've ever been yes, this excited. Be. You're excited. Well, that it sounds levels. like for the show that I think will work is that it sounds like it knows exactly what it is. It's yes. not trying to be 
a story show or a period piece or have any kind of message. It's just like, we're going to do crazy things to have epic battles. Yes, exactly. So... How is that a pass drop? Because it's he's celebrating. Okay, all right, fair, fair. All, all right. right, so I'm doing an anime called Ajin. The Two. second, the second season. It's done by Polygon Pictures, which is the same company that did the first season of Ajin and did Knights of Sidonia. So we all should be pretty familiar with this by now. the The story of Ajin is in this world in Japan and then on Earth, there are these people that are born with this special power. Um, they're born as Ajin, and which is like these people that have the ability, they're immortal, first of all, and they have the ability to have these IBMs, they call them, kind of come out of their body, and they're almost, they're like a personification of emotions and life experiences. and They're like phantom creatures. Right, they're like phantom. They're like wispy phantoms that come out of them, and personify them as their personality. Like they, they reveal in the second season that the IBM is actually a reflection of the of the person of the source person's personality and subconscious or whatever. So, but the IBMs are these like powerful, like black wispy monsters that could. It can kill a person like in ten seconds, in five seconds, they just rip, slice your head off or whatever. And the Ajin can use them to fight each other or people or whatever. And the story is about Kei Nagai, who's a high schooler, who is sort of he's born to the fact that he is an Ajin one day when he survives a horrible car accident that he never should have survived. He, he's hit by like a truck or something. And he would have died for sure, but then right there in the middle of the street, as the crime scene is developing, he revives, and it is brought to light that he's an Ajin, so he becomes a runaway. And throughout the course of the first season and the first three episodes of the second season, Ajin is this story of like the government doing scientific experiments on the Ajin, so, like, at one point, the guy gets, uh, K gets captured, and they're doing, like, horrible experiments on him to test and see how many times he can come back to life or, you know, what would happen if we cut his arms off or whatever horrible thing it is. As you can imagine, pretty terrible experiments. And he is, it, it becomes the story of the Ajin rising up against humans and... There is a, a sort of like a group of, of militants known as, I don't, I'm not sure what they're called, but uh, the Sato is this older man who is the leader of the militant group, and he's basically an, an Ajin terrorist. And he's also a badass. He's a badass. And what you <laughs> see in the fir- at the end of the first season is he is committing these terrorist acts, including in the first season they demolish a giant skyscraper in the middle of Tokyo and kill a whole bunch of people. And they pick up, it's a it's an amazing few episodes at the end of the first season. And in the second season, right off the bat, they're picking up where they left off with going through the multiple phases of uh, Sato's sort of terrorist plan, on which the phase two was, here's this list of people that are important to the government or who have been doing experiments on Ajin. We're going to kill all of these people in sequential order. Mm-hmm. So like in the first three episodes, he... 
sneaks on board of it. He sneaks on board an airplane, and they can't do much to him because he's immortal, and if they kill him, he'll just come back to life in a couple seconds and keep killing people. So he finds the guy he's supposed to kill, blows the guy's head off with a gun, and then he sets off a bomb and makes the plane crash. That's awesome. Now, normally that would be like, oh, well, he killed himself. But he just comes back. But no, he just comes back to life and like he rises up from the rubble of the plane and just moves on along Dude, his very way. Remember like the final battle at the end of the first season with Sato when like oh yeah. like all of Japan's defense forces are trying to take him down. Oh yeah, there's like they keep <laughs> sick. They have him on like a gurney and they're killing him and making him revive like every couple seconds. Yeah. So like their strategy to keep him captured is we're just gonna kill you every time you revive immediately. Yeah. They're so they're like they're pumping, they're shooting like 10 rounds into him, waiting a couple seconds, and shooting 10 more rounds into him, then waiting a couple seconds. Yeah, it was and in so the sick. end, it's not enough. He he finds a way to, you know, kill the wall, I guess. Yeah. So, um, I will say, though, that the second season of Ajin hasn't been quite as good as the first season so far. Mostly it's because the first season of Ajin moves so fast. I mean, it was like, Kay finds out he's an Ajin, and then immediately you're like, Watching the, uh, you know, the fugitive with, uh, with what's the with Harrison Ford and all that, <laughs> and in the second season, it's a lot of like, yes, there are some cool terrorist things going on, and it's interesting to watch that kind of action unfold, but then there's a lot of, you know, um, K rounds up some. He joins. He joins with one of the government groups that's trying to stop Sato. And is going to fight against Sato. So you've got Ajin fighting Ajin now. And they've been like training and preparing for things like for two episodes, for episodes two and three. Not super interesting, but I know that this anime is going to do some interesting stuff and is probably in the end going to be really satisfying. So, I mean, this is this was the anime more than any other that I was 100% sure it was going to pass when the season started. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. And. If you're a fan of sci-fi and like Knights of Sidonia or like season one of Ajin, or if you like action, this is a great show for you. I mean, it looks great, um, and it's really fun to watch, so this is definitely getting a pass. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, then he dies and comes back to life. Yep. So, That's oh, right. I don't know if you mentioned, but for those that don't know, Ajin is 100% CG. It is. It's 100% CG. I know that's a, that's a turnoff for some people, so... It is. Um, people need to get over it. Yeah. If, if, if you're not watching Ajin because it's CG, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> it looks... I'm sorry. It looks way better than most anime does. Yeah. The, the animation is just better. I mean, it looks... Yes, it looks different because it's CG. It'll, the, the weirdness of it will wear off in about one episode... And things are going to flow better. Everything is going to move more smoothly. When there's action scenes, they can actually make crap move. Well, it's by the same people who did Knights of Sidonia, right? Right. So, I mean, they're constantly... Polygon Pictures, I feel like, is pioneering this. And they're getting better every time. Exactly. They're constantly improving as well in their production quality. Um, So, I guess I'll go next. Um, Yeah, you will. The next impression I will be giving is probably going to be a short one. Just because I don't know what the hell is going on in this show. And that is Occultic Nine. So, Occultic Nine is um, based on a light novel series. Uh, it's produced by A1 Pictures. It's basically um, it's the same creator as a person who created Steins Gate. So, similar, I guess, in some regards. 
except Occult Nine has to do with the occult. So I'll read no you way. the synopsis here. Um, off of my anime list, looks like it comes from Anime News Network as the source. It says the paranormal science story follows nine idiosyncratic individuals linked by the Chojo Kagaku Kirikiri Basara. Kagaku Kirikiri Basara. Which is the occult summary blog run by 17-year-old second-year high school student Yuta Gamon. Uh, Little incongruities that occur around the nine eventually lead to a larger, unimaginable event that may alter what is considered common sense in the world. So, you have 17-year-old Yuta Gamon, who is kind of a quirky, nerdy character who's super into the occult. He runs a blog, and his basically his goal is to not ever have to work or anything like that and just make money off of his blog. And uh, As most people's dreams are. I mean, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Um, and his friend, who is kind of always around him, his little sidekick is Ryoka Narusawa. Um, and if you look at pictures of uh, Ryoka, you, she is probably the most um, unrealistic part of this occult show. Why is that? Because she has impossible proportions. Oh, my God. So much so what? that I mean, she, is, she is as wide as she is tall, basically. <laughs> Um, and no. and not that she's overweight, although she probably is because her she's, breast she's weighs got much as the counts. rest of her body. Um, but let's see if we can get a good shot here. Oh, that's a nice butt <laughs> shot. Yeah. So she, I mean, just you. She has well, kyo- okay, she, she has she has kyon you. Yeah, she's got impossible, like it's it's ridiculous and over the top. Um, Kyonyu, as the, as described by my Japanese dictionary, huge breasts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of his like sidekick character, and she kind of fawns over him and follows him around and stuff like that because it's an anime, and the main male character needs a girl that is following him around all the time. I guess um, that guy needs to get a VR head a VR headset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, man, it's so difficult to talk about this show because it's so hard to follow. I remember, um, I forgot who I was talking to, but someone was mentioning that the first episode of this show covers, like, an insane portion of the light novel. Like, I think, like, I think it's multiple novels, and I think, like, the first novel was covered in the first episode. So it just, like, rushes through all this information, and you have no idea what's going on. Um, And... It's it's just constant chattering and and you're introduced to all these different characters and you get pretty lost. Um, and how much of it is spent on her boobs? I mean, just whenever she's around. That's that's she she is not so much a character as she is boobs. Like that is that is who she is. She is boobs. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> I have a hard time separating myself from my boobs too. Yeah. Like I get it. So. I mean, I guess it's following kind of like the adventures of this kid and like weird occult things start happening. Like people end up dying. There's a side story of a girl who lives with her older brother. And this kind of takes place in the third episode. And she lives with her older brother and she's as most young girls in anime is practically is just in love with him. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because 
anime. And so she's obsessed with him and in love with him, even though it's her brother. And she comes home one day, like she's super codependent upon him, like unhealthily. And she comes home one day and she finds like police and um, ambulance people there. uh, And they're taking her brother away and he's on a stretcher unconscious. And she like tries to stop them. And she's like, what are you doing? Don't take my brother. And then she kind of comments on how, you know, that even though it seems like there's a romantic thing between them, there's not, you know, and she just really loves him. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Like, don't you realize what's going on? And she's like, you know, totally blinded. What she doesn't realize is that a year ago, her brother died. And so she's been living with his corpse for a year. What? Yeah. And so he's like, then you start to see what he actually looks like. And he's just like a rotten corpse. And apparently she had like some kind of transplant earlier and he gave her one of her, one of his, I don't know, one of the organs that you can give people. Kidney. Kidney. Sure. Um, And he ended up dying in the operation and she snuck into the morgue and took his body home. Unrealistic. Yeah. And like has been living with him for a year. And so there's just like, but again, your body would be completely deteriorated in a year anyway. Yeah, I mean, it did. It wasn't pretty. I mean, we should keep him in a free. He'd be bones in a year. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure he'd be bones in a year. Yeah. I well, he, apparently he smelled bad. I'm um, sure. Yeah. But, you think? So, but but again, I'm not 100 percent certain how she relates to the overarching story, because um, there's several. Well, she, I think she becomes like this black mage type character who puts curses on people for money. But I don't really know. It's it's so hard to follow. There's too many people. There's too there's too much going on. I don't know if it's gonna do this thing where it like brings it all together at the end. But I mean, so far, I, I'm not enjoying it, and I don't think a lot of people are enjoying it. Like just judging off of my anime list, which I know is a terrible Ooh, metric. Yeah, it's got a six point six one on my anime list. When mm. when you consider that Steins Gate is the greatest anime ever made. Yeah, no, no, no. So, it's, to have a it's, six, it's, it's now your, six. It's now your name. Oh, it's now your name. Okay. And Gintama. And Gintama, of course. <laughs> so, so to consider that this has such an incredibly low score on my anime list is is telling. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, maybe if this sounds like something you would be interesting interested in, check it out. But I'm I don't want to watch the rest of this, and I don't want to put you guys through that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be failing Occultic Nine. Did they live happily ever after? Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. All right. Chiaki, I think you're up next. I am. So I am going to be giving an impression on www. Waganaria or www.working. But the reason. What is that? I'm <laughs> just kidding. You fail that anime based off his name alone. <laughs> but it's there is, I believe, another anime called Working that there this is. has nothing to do with, I don't mm. think. So that's why I was calling it Waganaria rather than Working to avoid confusion. I was originally supposed to be doing an impression on Luger Code 1951, but I found that w- that was just going to be an OVA. And so I switch it out for this one. This was one of my alternates because we usually each have alternates in case a show doesn't come out or the OVA thing. So I watched three episodes of this instead. 
Um, and basically, the the story is that there's Daisuke, and he is a first year student at this really prestigious high school that is designed to prep kids for college. And he's, you know, super smart and has a good life. And then one day, his father's company goes under, and so his his family is gonna be okay, but they no longer have money for things like him to have spending money or most importantly for him to afford a bus pass or a train pass or something and to get to school. Chat says this is a spinoff of working. Oh, is it a spinoff of working? Okay, cool. It's a spinoff of working. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay. Like, all right. I, I didn't see working. Maybe there's something here that people who did see working would get more but i don't think that really it doesn't seem dependent upon the original work yeah exactly sounds so so he's a high school student his dad's company goes under and he either has to bike the 15 kilometers to school or get a job to have some extra money for spending and for his bus pass and so he ends up getting the extra job at a local restaurant and of course in the nearby family style restaurant. It's basically, if you've ever been to Japan, it's basically like a Caesarea. And a what now? A Caesarea. Caesarea. Oh, I love it. That's um, that's, it. that's a type. Of, uh, that's why I said if you've ever been to Japan, it's it's it's, it's kind okay. of like You're um, get there, buddy. it's kind of like an. Olive Garden, I guess you could say, type of yeah. restaurant. So when you're there, your family. When you're there, yeah. your family. It is a family. <laughs> Unlimited salad. Unlimited breadsticks. Uh, <laughs> yes. But so he gets a job, and all of his coworkers are, of course, various shades of tropey crazy. And gray. And what? And gray. <laughs> and gray. Fifty Shades of Gray is oh. the joke he's making. And so, yeah. Each episode is there's that loose plot that strings together why he's enduring the insanity of this working environment. His family is crazy. And like every person is, like is his family fifty shades of effed up. <laughs> oh God, I hate that movie. Why did I see that movie? <laughs> did you see the sequel? Is oh is wait, it no, out? it's not out yet. No, I will. I was gonna say <laughs> be excited. Um so you have you have the cast of characters, and I'm not going to go through their names because their names are irrelevant, but you have like the girl who's the rich girl who solves all her problems with money, and then the other guy who's Mimi? The... What? Is it Mimi from <laughs> Digimon? No. Mimi. I don't, I don't remember. The rich girl. I'm sorry. From, um, never mind. I'm sorry. Someone Wait, got that Mimi? reference, Kazuo, yeah, yeah. and was like, yes. Um, Put it was out not that person, but someone did. And so... You have, like, the rich girl who thinks she can solve all her problems with money. You have the guy who's actually pretty cool, but his family is in debt to the rich girl's family. So you have that dynamic. You have um, the sassy woman who just sits and smokes and doesn't do work, and but is a lot smarter than the rest of everyone else. Let me guess, the really clumsy girl who carries drinks and is always tripping on things? I don't oh, actually remember too much of that. Is it? Are they in a? Are they? But they're in a restaurant, right? They are. Yeah. Oh, there's got to be that girl. I mean, yeah. For real, right? Maybe she shows up later. I don't actually remember too much of that. Is there at least like a klutzy girl who forgets people's orders? 
No, probably the closest that I remember seeing. I, I don't know. Maybe it was there and it just kind of glossed over for me. Um, I take it back. This anime is entirely original. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing is there's a girl who can see ghosts. What? Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> but like, but like, it, the comedy is like, she'll go to the door and she'll greet no one and she'll like escort them to the table and she'll be like, would you like your normal, the coffee? Like that Is this another commentary on how Japan doesn't take mental health seriously? <laughs> Could be. She's actually batshit crazy. Um, Nobody wants to admit it. And then you have like the two chefs. So you have your colorful cast of characters. Every episode is split up into like two, three kind of comedic sub arcs that just happen while Daisuke is, is working at this restaurant and, you know, hijinks ensue. That's basically what this anime is, hijinks and soup. It's a pure comedy anime. I wouldn't expect much from plot. That being said, there were a couple jokes that were kind of funny. It, it did make me laugh at a couple points. So it wasn't just like, oh, God, this is utterly intolerable. That being said, the third episode I did watch at like three times speed. Because well, then, Mozart. Three times? Yeah. Three times, Jesus. That's I've never even gotten to three times just, speed. Just fast enough to read all the subtitles. Well, then tell us a joke. Go ahead. Well, I like want to hear one of the jokes. Well, the, the whole... Is it funnier with three times speed? Like, are the punchlines... <laughs> Can you tell us the joke in three times speed? Well, there was the whole the thing with the girl serving the nothing, mm -hmm. and then another point where she was getting hassled by customers and she started talking to the empty booth and was like, no, no, you don't need to, you don't need to step in on my behalf. It's okay. And the other customers gets freaked out. You find out that the sassy woman has a kid and brings it to work. Was that the joke? Third. It's, it's funnier. Like it's, burp, it's, burp, burp. <laughs> it's situational humor, guys. Okay. Can I play it's, the fail drop now? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Hopi, oh, I think I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Will you follow me again? I'm getting too old for this shit. One thing I do want to say, though, because I feel like we shit on comedies a lot, I don't think this anime is bad. It knows what it is, and it does it decently well. So if you're looking for a comedy, it's not bad, but... There's not much else. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So. <laughs> Mitsugi sounds skeptical. I guess uh, I'm up next again. Um, so this show that I'll be doing impressions on is a show called Trickster. Uh, the full title is Trickster Edogawa Rampo Shonen Teidan Yori. Uh, how do I describe Trickster? It's, well, I'll, I'll read the synopsis. This seems to be the best way to go. Um, this one comes from my anime list. Uh, the time period is the 2030s. Before the mysterious detective Kogoro Akechi, uh, the boys' detective team is assembled. Their actions have led to the resolution of various small and large incidents. One day, team member Kensuke Hanasaki meets a mysterious boy named Yoshio Kobayashi. Kobayashi, uh, who has an undying body because of an unidentified fog. Who writes these? Like, we need to get better. I'm sorry, my anime list. We got to work on some of this writing. because they let people just randomly type stuff in. So It's like Wikipedia. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. <laughs> so it takes place in the, the not-too-distant future. There's a, 
a group of detectives uh, of young boys that work for a detective agency, kind of like private eyes or whatever. And they go on various missions. Um, anything from like find my cat to find my son who is kidnapped, you know, just things like that. Get backers. Sorry. Yes. Okay. It is Got very, it. very similar to get backers. Now, wow. Now, it, not most, not many people will agree with me, but I loved Get Backers. <laughs> it was so much fun for me. It was fun at the time. Yeah, like at the time I was a kid and I was like, this is fun. Uh, this is kind of similar to Get Backers. Like you have, actually it's very similar now that I think about it, even the two main characters. Like you have the <laughs> one dark, serious character with the mysterious past and then you have like the goofy, over-the-top, fun one who's actually more powerful than you. he lets on. So... Things that cannot be unseen or thought. What? Now that it now that you know it's like get get Yeah, it's, oh, it's weird. <laughs> but um so yeah, the the fun, happy guy who works for this agency meets this kid who is just like depressed and dejected and living on the street and he can't the kid can't be killed. Um is kind of his thing. And the reason why is because he's surrounded by an invisible force field almost. That is it like Gara? No, well, sand. Kind, kind of, I guess. Um, and so the kid's surrounded by this force field. So, like, if someone tries to shoot him, it just bounces off. Um, but you can't even get near him. So if you try to get near him, it will, like, shred you to pieces or blow you away. Um, and he's just miserable because he's lived his whole life like this. He can't get near people. He just wants to die, but he can't die. And he's tried, like, starving himself and all these things. But even that won't work because the force field will then force feed him whatever's around him so like, like literally feed him yes like feed it into his mouth it'll force it down his throat so like it's forced rats and things like that down his throat yeah. to keep him alive what if it's like bricks and shit like i mean objects. i think it knows better than that well there is a scene where he tries to or he doesn't try to but he does inadvertently drink poison and it comes up as like a bubble of poison out of his throat and he throws it up so like the force field is keeping him alive it won't let him die and so he's just miserable and he wants to find a way to die but he can't and so this happy-go-lucky kid finds him, and he's like, wants to befriend him and wants him to join the team. And he's like, if you join our team, I promise one day I'll kill you. Hmm. And so that's kind of how it begins. And so the first three episodes so far is just them going on, you know, these random missions. So, um, like, I'm trying to remember them. There's one where this lady comes in to the office, and she's like, my son has been missing for a while I think like a year or something like that and she wanted them to find him and it turns out that her son um, who was uh, a neat um, so you know for those that don't know what a neat is it's somebody who's not engaged in employment education, education or training. training so basically someone who lives off their parents doesn't live leave the house or doesn't want to do anything with their life so her son became one of these and he found an organization that was like hey we'll let you you know, we'll take care of you and you can just live in, you know, by yourself and in one of these rooms. You can play video games or do whatever you want all day. And so he goes and he lives there. It turns out the organization is harvesting the organs of the people that sign up. So, so yeah, so, the you know, the kids go on the mission to find her son. They break into this organization and they kind of like, you know, do what you do and they break it down and, and all that. So it's... The first three episodes have just been that. And I think that's probably what the rest of it's going to be is just kind of like 
you know, little missions here and there. This kind of, um, I think it's only set for 24 episodes, but it, it, it kind of feels like a show that it's very shown in like, it could just keep going forever. Like it, there doesn't need to be an end to it. Um, but yeah, I do think it'll be a lot like Get Backers. Like Get Backers, I think was like sixty episodes or something like that. How's the animation and like the modeling and stuff? And I'm looking at some of these pictures yeah. and they don't look so so it's good. It's not good. I mean, it's not bad, like that bad, but it's it's nothing to nothing to shake a stick at. And, and, and who do you say the studio was? Studio is um, looks like TMS Entertainment and okay. Shine. Entertainment, so they've worked on quite a few things, but yeah, the animation quality is not very good. Um, it looks like Get Backers, as far as like the quality, and Get Backers came out in 2003 or something like that. So it's it's not the best animated show. It's not the deepest story. It it's it seems to me like just kind of like a mindless, you know, maybe a little bit of fun that you can watch here and there. But there's a, man, you have a like, you just haven't had luck, Cosmo. No, my my season is pretty terrible. I mean, it's like you're you've been handed the anime that it's like how many you know before it was heroic hero like heroes of legend. Yeah, this I can get. I would bet my every dollar I, would, I will make for the next ten years that there are at least fifty anime about heroes of legend. Oh sure, at least it's of a course. whole genre by itself. This is an anime about a, a team of detectives. Yeah. Do they do things. Like, they're hired or whatever. They do stuff. Yeah. Well, there's, like, at least 200 anime about that. Oh, for sure. At least. It's a whole genre by itself. Yeah. Um. I mean, so it's not a terrible show, but it's pretty medi- mediocre, I would say. It's like, yeah, we've seen this a million times already, and it's nothing new. Um. If you've got nothing else to watch this season, I, I guess give it a shot, but... Um, you, nah. could, you could go watch Get Backers. They, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, go watch man. Get Backers. Bon Mido. Gin. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Gin. Um, Gin. I know it's Bon. Amag- Gin. Is it like Gin? Uh, Amagi or something. Amagi. Or Amato. Gin Amagi. I think. Something like that. Right, you're failing this. Anyways, right? yeah, I'm failing this show. Watch Get Backers instead. <laughs> you shall not pass. So there we go. I think that's all of our impressions for this week, at least. We still have quite a few more to go through, which we will on upcoming episodes. Yeah, so the next episode should be the last oh, pile right. of reviews, I think. So the final batch of yeah. reviews. Yeah. Some will pass, some will fail. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll bring this bad boy to a close. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up, B. So thank you so much for everyone that joined us live. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and being there with us in the chat. Um, of course, you can find us anytime online at aaapodcast.com or on iTunes, um, where you can find us and leave a five-star review, which we read on the show. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, we have the official Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podcast, and the group page, um, where you can hang out with all the listeners and talk about cool stuff. Uh, and that is facebook.com slash groups slash aaapodcast. You can also find us on Twitter at AAA Podcast, uh, at Elise Kova for Chiaki, and you can you know follow her for all of her author stuff that she does. If, if you're listening on iTunes or on your phone, I'm going to put links to all the social media in the in the post on the phone, so you yes. can just click the link. And you can find me at AAA Kazuo as well. Can I say something about my books? Nope. And okay. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> 
I just wanted to say that my Air Awakens series, the entire series, I enrolled it into Kindle Unlimited, which means that Kindle Unlimited is like a Netflix for books. So if you have the service, a book you, flicks? yeah, basically, um, you can read the entire series for free if you have Kindle Unlimited. So, um, and you can still buy it normally through Amazon if you don't have Kindle Unlimited. But there is that, and I have a prequel trilogy that starts next month, and the first book book is called The Crown's Dog. So, sorry, I just wanted to say that in no, case anyone awesome. was holding out. So, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll bring this bad boy to a close Time then. Time for the hentai episode. Oh, yes. We do have a hentai episode. You're going to get real naughty up in here. Oh, yeah. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.